Hello and welcome to this month's Midi's Junction with me, Anne-Marie Basada. Saudi Arabia, the birthplace of Islam, remains one of the most conservative and rigid countries in the world, particularly for women and for anyone who goes against Islam. In this edition, we meet one woman who made the decision to flee the country not only due to the pressure of being a woman, but also after declaring herself an atheist. She tells her story in her newly released book, Ici les femmes ne rêvent pas. Here, women do not dream. I am Rana Ahmad. I come from Saudi Arabia. I skipped from there in 2015 because I am atheist and also because I live like free women in free country with all my freedom, with all my rights. So I decide in the end uh, I can't live anymore there. I want to have my life. I want to have my dream. I want to have my rights. While the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has steered a campaign of reform in the country, such as allowing women to drive, the reality is that nothing for women has really changed, not as long as the guardianship system remains intact. That's the system that obliges a woman to take permission from her father or brother or husband to leave the country or go to school or go to work. This guardianship system, it's make the women suffering a lot there. And I don't know when they will be changed, when they make it off, when they be like, we have women, we have to take care from them. But before Rana's ordeal began, she had a happy childhood, which included riding her bike and feeling the wind in her hair. I was happy, I was eating, playing, because, you know, in this time, you don't think a lot about the life. You have your family, you are happy with your family, you have some problems with your brother or sister, you're fighting. This the life was for me. It's start to change when my grandfather take my uh, bicycle from me, and when they give me the headscarf, and they said, you have to cover your hair now, and you are a big girl, you're not children anymore. In this moment, I start to see it. there is something different now, you know, but I don't think a lot because I want to be like a really good Muslim girl and to accept what my family said to me, but I feel I feel bad. I don't want to cover my hair. I want to play like other girl and moving my hair left and right. She says she couldn't understand the dichotomy of being told she was a woman, though she still had the body and feeling of being a child. Even if I am 14 years, I still like, I look to around me, but I feel like my body is still young. Why I have to cover it and cover my face? But I want to be members from my family and members from the society and from the country. You know, all the girls in this age, in the school, they have to cover your face. It's not your choice to say yes or no or, or I want it or not. Finally, her parents decided at the age of 19 she would be married to a cousin whom she had never met. The experience of the marriage, which came with abuse, left her depressed until she finally sought a divorce, a move that can mark a woman in such a conservative and patriarchal society. I'm married, and then there's problem happen, and then I am divorced. You know, in this time, from in this period from my life, I feel like uh, it's not my life. Okay, I am married, and I'm doing the stuff in the home, and I clean everything, but I, I have this feeling this it's something really strange. It's not my life. It's not my place, but I don't know why. I have this feeling, but I don't know why. My family feel like sorry for me, and they said, yeah, you're allowed to work in other family. If you are divorced, you're not allowed to work. You're not allowed to get out. You are really under control from the family and also from the society, because they think, yeah, you try the sex with your man, and then if you are divorced, you want to try it with other man. 
During this time of depression, Rana says she had the time for self-reflection and questioning. With the internet now opening up across the kingdom, she had more access to resources that were not normally provided in the country. Resources that included atheism. Having spent time researching atheism, she proclaimed herself an atheist by marking the moment on social media. A photo of a sign she wrote stating, Atheist Republic, taken in Mecca, at the holiest place in Islam, the Qasbah, during the pilgrimage. I was uh, 27, 28 years, but you know, for me, it was not something really I am strong to do that. If someone see me, when I am dead in Mecca, I will be killed quickly. To be around the two or three millions Muslim and do that, something like crazy. But it was my way to say, I am not a Muslim, leave me alone. You know, my mom forced me to go to Mecca this time. And I was suffering from inside. I can't cry. I can't show my feeling. I have to smile because I am happy here. For every Muslim, it's amazing place. But for me, it was something really terrible, something really awful. But it was my way to say, I am atheist. I am not a Muslim anymore. Leave me alone. As a woman, she already had little rights, but as an atheist, Rana knew she had to leave the country. Take one year, one year from researching, reading. I think a lot. I was crying. I was asking my God to show me the truth, you know. The people, when they hear someone be atheist, they think from day you are Muslim, second day you are atheist. No, it's long process. It's painful also process because for us, Islam is not only religion, it's like identity. It's like something like nationality. It's something like you are one from this society. If you leave Islam, it's like you be alone. It's like to put your life in danger. I don't choose to be atheist, you know. I only start to search. I only start to read. I only start to think. I start to read also a philosophy. It's, it's, you don't, we don't have philosophy book in university or in school in Saudi Arabia, so you don't have any way to think. You are under control from everyone there, and you believe in Allah. Take one year, and in the end, uh, you know, when I become an atheist, I said, what? What I am doing myself in this country and my family, I am atheist. How stupid this, you know, it's, it's mean I will be suffering until I will die if I stay there. Rana then put a plan into motion to leave, but she had to do it without telling anyone. I planned like before two years before I leave or three years, it was really big plan to run away. Um, in my situation, because I born in Saudi Arabia, my, but my passport still is Syrian, not Saudi. It was if I work, the chef in this work or the manager in my work, he allowed to give me uh, permission to leave uh, Saudi Arabia. And this time I told him my father is not here and my mom want to travel to meet some uh, friend in other country. Can you allow me please and sign my paper? And my manager, he believed me and he sign the paper even though the government they ask about some paper from my father and I I sign like you know because I really I want to get out I do all my best to get out from there because in the end I have decision if I don't get out from there I want to kill myself because I can't I can't live anymore like this. I can't have two character, one Muslim girl with my family, with this society, and one atheist girl. It's dangerous to tell anyone. You have really to be uh, careful and to do this plan quickly, alone, without informing anyone. Having fled Saudi Arabia, she claimed asylum in Europe, settling in Germany. But the pressures of the culture she left behind soon came back to haunt her. 
In 2015, a group of male refugees and migrants from the Middle East were arrested after having raped local women. Rana says this type of behavior stems from cultural differences that need to be addressed to newcomers. Otherwise, the cycle of mistreatment of women will continue on outside those borders. You know, integration is tough not to be with language and work and the life. It's tough also to teach them how to behave with women. Because in our country, if you are not covering yourself and if you wear something really open from to your body, it's, it's like a sign for other men, you're allowed to touch me or you're allowed to say any bad word for me. This is what, what they are doing in our country. And when they come to Germany or to Europe, they think it's also here work like this. And I think it's important to make integration also to respect women and to respect their body and not be like really behavior crazy when you see women with something really open. Although Rana's book is entitled, Here Women Don't Dream, she dared to do just that and realize those dreams. But that search for freedom has come at a cost. She no longer has contact with her family or her friends. She says, however, she does continue to listen to one of her favorite Saudi musicians, Mohammed Abu, who reminds her of where she has come from and why she has left. I only miss my dad. I cry a lot when I remember that I, I have to leave my dad because I have I, I want to live my life. I am happy because now we are in touch and we write some emails sometimes. I miss my mom, but she don't want to talk to me because I am a feast, because I live Islam, and because I am active in the media. I am happy here, but I miss a little the time there. I miss my family time. I, I miss the time with my friends there. I come back. I can't do anything now, but I can enjoy my freedom life and remember that's all the time we have for this month's Moody's Junction. And thank you for listening. And don't forget to join me next month for another look at the region. Hey, 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 hey,
I'm gonna go to the 